0: Well, good morning, church family. I am stoked to be up here, jumping into God's Word with you. Are you guys stoked? Yeah. All right. That's awesome. <clears throat> well, there is an old hymn, an old hymn that, uh, whose lyrics say something like this, Jesus, what a friend of sinners. Jesus, lover of my soul, friends may fail me, foes assail me. He is my Savior and makes me whole. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Hallelujah, what a friend. Saving, helping, keeping, and loving. He is with me to the end. Saving, helping, keeping, and loving. There is no better friend than uh, Jesus. There's no better friend out there. The Son of God, Savior of our souls, healer of the blind, the deaf, the mute, the lame, born from a virgin, healer. uh, He was born in a feeding trough, raised in a nowhere place as a nobody to be a somebody for you. Jesus is our friend. Friendship is, is living enough life together. I, I saw this uh, scrolling through Instagram. Friendship is living enough life together that if you or one of you were to be gone for some time, you would miss each other. You ever try to be a good friend Sometimes uh, we aren't very good at it. I know for myself, sometimes I'm not a very good friend. Uh, you have those friends that you swear you're going to be lifelong friends with. You're, you're, you're just going to be there for each other through the thick and the thin. But something comes between your friendship. And now you don't even acknowledge each other or you don't even talk. Or even when if, you, if you do, it's, it's very surface level. It's very bland. Maybe you can relate. People will fail fail us. Friends, even best friends may fail you. But Christ never will. He is the perfect friend. And this is exactly what we're looking at this morning together as we're jumping into God's Word. The heart of Christ, our friend. So now, uh, in the New Testament, we read... of recordings of Jesus' life and his relationships, his friendships. And and, uh, one of those friendships that this gentle and lowly son of God had was a bit cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, okay? He was a bit extreme. Uh, He was a little bit crazy. Uh, But he was also fully who God created him to be. The friend of Jesus that I'm referring to and speaking about is John the Baptist, or John the baptizer. So let me set the story for us this morning as we pick up in our story with John and some of his followers, some of his friends, uh, and he sends them out to go and ask Jesus if he is truly what we've been waiting for. All this time waiting and preparing, is this the legit dude, or is it just another imposter? And Jesus tells John's friends, after they, they meet him and they, they witness what's going on, John's friends, okay, go back to John and tell him everything you saw and heard. The blind who received sight, the lame who are now walking, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear and the dead are raised, and the good news is being proclaimed to the poor. Go tell John now John the baptizer was a bit unorthodox as I stated cuckoo for cocoa puffs right who here who here likes cocoa puffs Okay, there's a few. That's good. Cocoa Puffs are delicious. Uh, anyway, he was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. No, so he's a little unorthodox. And as we learn from how he's described in the Gospels, he's this wilderness-crazed man who, who wore a garment of camel uh, hair and, and a leather belt around his waist. And his diet, his food, consisted of locusts and wild honey. Now, I'm, I'm for that sweet stuff we were talking about earlier, that honey is goodness, But a bug? (laughs) Okay. But as Jesus describes in the book of Matthew, his friend John, he says to the crowd, John is also a prophet. But more than just a prophet, he is a fulfillment of prophecy. See, in Malachi it's recorded that the Lord God will send a messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. John the baptizer, John the way preparer. He spoke passionately of a radical, life-changing Messiah who will come to seek and save the lost. His life mission was to ready the path, prepare the ears and the hearts for the Messiah, the Savior of the world. But he was received by few with with open minds and hearts. and, And the many rejected him, cursed him, declared him insane. Religious leaders were worried about John and concerned about this crazed wilderness man spreading prophecies and baptizing people. And Jesus continues addressing the crowd in our passage this morning. Talking to the crowd around him, he says, This is the Elijah that you've all been waiting for? The prophet who you've all been waiting for, preparing the way for the Son of Man. Are you listening? Do you hear this, Jesus asks. And so this is where we pick up into our main text this morning in verses 18 and 19 of chapter 11 in the book of Matthew. If you would turn there now with me uh, in your Bibles or open your Bible app. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, to the book of Matthew. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. There are four gospel accounts and recordings of Jesus's life in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're going to be in Matthew this morning, Matthew chapter 11, verses 18 and 19. And everything I've just described is leading up into this point. Everything I've just described is storing into where we're headed our scripture this morning comes just before the main verses uh, written about the book that you all have access to. Uh, if you haven't already grabbed one, there's, there's some more out in the lobby. But the book, Gentle and Lowly. The passages uh, based out of this book here is, is from Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, which is later on. It says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if you haven't already, there's there's copies out in the, the lobby for you of this awesome book. It, use it as a resource for additional study um, as we dive into the heart of Christ here on Sunday mornings as a church family. But we pick up in verses 18 and 19, so follow along with me as I read. Jesus is still speaking here to the crowd that was was gathered around him, and he says this, For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look at him, a glutton, a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, yet wisdom is justified by your deeds. Jews didn't like John. Even with his clean diet and his abstinence from many things, they didn't like him. And now that Jesus was verbally supporting and raising up this this wilderness crazy John man, they now too dislike Jesus. They didn't have very much info on on Jesus uh, at, at the time, there was just a guy from Nazareth and they were kind of collecting data. But now that he's spoken something out loud about who John the Baptist is and that he supports this guy and he's making a way for the Messiah, they don't like it. He is a thorn in what they're doing in their religious movement. They would criticize John because he followed strict rules about food and drink and, and lived like a hermit in the desert. And they criticized Jesus because he had no such rules about food and drink and mixed with the most scandalous people in society. But God had a plan and purpose in sending John and Jesus in this way. And in his wisdom, lives were and are eternally changed. Jesus is not concerned about the popularity poll, who likes who, who follows the rules best, who, who has influencer status. Jesus spoke about this to the crowd and embraced the truth in who he chose to be around, who he was most concerned with. He chose to be around tax collectors and sinners. And we'll look at that uh, more in a second, but uh, first, if, if you have been or maybe you currently are, or you know of a parent somewhere, the sweet little children that we parent can do no wrong, amen? false okay (laughs) on the record false uh their sin nature is just as true as the sun rising in the east and setting in the west okay uh as for myself and i speak of myself and not my sons because they're they're cute but they have a sin nature uh i speak for myself when i was a child when i was elementary age i was little once um i was stuck in my pharisaical childish sinful ways I would observe other kids around me goofing off, being mean to others, creating dissent and, and all, the, all the bad things, and I would raise my nose to them, and I would judge them as little sinners. I would not associate myself with these other children. I was a self-righteous and childish little boy. In fact, come to think of it, uh, it's, it's Halloween, um, and probably as a kid I should have just dressed up like a Pharisee, because that would have been most appropriate. <laughs> Cute little Pharisee walking around, ah, nah, nah, you know. <laughs> but here's what little Jake had to learn, that Christ came to seek and save the lost. He would have befriended those kids when I refused. He would have sought them out and hung out with them. And Jesus did a number in seeking me out of my imbecilic position. Down off of the lofty tower of self-righteousness and better-than-thou mentality that I had created within myself. He had to work on me hard. And it was a long road of humbling and opening my heart to be more like Christ and less like a good little Christian kid. Jesus was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Tax collectors, one of the most socially outcast, disrespected groups of people, and also sinners. Why the distinction here? Why does Jesus separate these two? Aren't tax collectors also sinners? Well, you've got to understand Jesus' audience here. He's talking to a bunch of Jewish people, and among them religious leaders, Pharisees, and the like. So why the distinction as Jesus quotes what people have been saying about him? The statement that Jesus is a friend to sinners sounds like an accusation and for the religious leaders of the time it was an absolute it was absolutely accusatory now the statement jesus friend of sinners would only render shameful to those who don't believe they fall into that category those who don't label themselves as sinners the sinners are out there in the shady places sinners that doesn't apply here okay sinners doesn't apply to me I work hard on my issues and I follow the law to the letter and I follow the rules and I obey and I do and I do and I work and I work. Sin, sinner is not my category. But for those who knew and understood their sin nature and their propensity to sin, Jesus, friend of sinners, is a truly wonderful and comforting reality. Jesus will. No matter what you do, nor how often you fall back into the same old thing or push Him away, He will always be a friend to you. He desires to be around you. In Jesus Christ, we are given a friend who keeps and helps you, who meets you in your loneliness and pain of rejection, and gives you a warm hug of knowing exactly what it feels like. He keeps you and helps you, church family. A friend to the anxious heart and worrisome mind, he is there to carry your burdens, to offer a helping hand through the pain that overwhelms you. He keeps you in his embrace, when trauma strikes and triggers send you off. This is the friend you have in Jesus. And as we seek to know the heart of Christ here on Sunday mornings as a church family, and in your time with Him throughout the week, your interactions with others, one thing is true, Christ's love rings loudest and covers all. In seeking the heart of Christ as we journey together, love is, is, carrying, is a carrying theme throughout all this, on, in, and around the heart of Jesus. I mean, just look here, Christ's sacrifice on the cross was out of his love. His uh, gift of the Spirit to believers is out of his love. His humility reflects his love. His friendship to sinners, completely love. His love is incomprehensibly greater than you or I could ever wrap our little heads around. So profound is his love that he chooses to befriend those who are infected with the one thing, the one opposing issue to his character and personhood. We are sinners, and there is no sin in him. There is no sin near him. He brings himself near the sinner he puts his arm around you and he calls you friend john chapter 15 verses 12 through 13 say this and this is jesus also speaking again here in this passage it says this is my commandment that you love one another as i have loved you Greater love has no one than this that someone lay down his life for his friends. In Christ Jesus, we are given a friend who sacrificed it all for you, who saved you, who loves you, and laid down his life for you. How is your friendship with Christ? Are you living enough life together? where you look forward to being together, where when you're not fellowshipping with him, you miss him? Saving, helping, keeping, loving. Hallelujah, what a friend. Hallelujah, what a savior. Jesus, what a friend for sinners. And so when John the baptizer receives the news from his friends coming back that the wait is over, Jesus is the Messiah. I can just see John falling to his knees and extending his arms to the heavens, crying out, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord. God Almighty over all, you were, you are, and you'll be forever the King enthroned. Messiah Jesus, Lord of all, praise you. As we continue worshiping, would you bow and pray with me? Jesus, friend of sinners, our friend. Thank you. Your heart is so beautiful and so awe-strickening, befriending us. We have everything wrong, but you give us your love. We are overwhelmed with sin, but you wrap your arm around us. We marvel in your goodness and your kindness. You saved us. You help us. Jesus, you keep us and you love us passionately. Holy are you, Lord. And as we sing and lift your praises high, May it be a beautiful noise to your ears. Jesus, thank you for being our friend. And help us to go from here and befriend those who need it most. We love you, Jesus.